Well, good morning, Story Church. How are you guys doing today? Good? Well, I am just south. I spoke here back in May, the beginning of summer, which feels so long ago. And I kept saying, like, I'll be back in August. And it felt so far off. But now here we are. And I'm back. And I am just so excited to be here today at Story Church, just uh, preaching for Kyle as he's on break. And I just want to take a moment to say, you guys have an incredible pastor here. Yes. Kyle, if you're watching online, they're nodding their heads yes. They agree with me. But yeah, Kyle is just taking a break. He's on study break, and so just a time for him to rest and relax. Um, But we're just so thankful for all that he does here at Story, and I know you guys are thankful for him too. So last time I was here in May, I mentioned that I have faithfully been watching Survivor since 2007. I don't know if you guys remember me saying that. I got some woohoos at that service, so people knew what I was talking about. But as I was preparing for this sermon and just uh, kind of what we're talking about today, there was a certain season and a certain challenge that just kept coming to mind. And I was like, if I can talk about Survivor, I'm going to. So this is my intro. And so um, the season, I have a photo here that kind of will show what it is. Um, The season, they were down to the final five contestants. And if you don't know um, about Survivor, like the concept of it, it's people competing for a million dollars. And the whole goal is to not be voted off the island. You want to be the sole survivor. And so these challenges are for immunity. So if you win immunity, you can't be voted off. And so in this season, um, the contestant with the blue tiles, um, they were doing this challenge. It's called House of Cards. And they get 150 tiles each. And they have to build either a 10-foot tower first or have the tallest tower after 30 minutes. And so the contestant with the blue tiles, she knew if she didn't win, she was going to be voted off. So her strategy to this challenge was just frantically build something. She was just doing it out of fear and out of anxiety. She would just get her tiles, try to quickly build a tower, and it would crumble time and time again. But every time it fell, she would just gather them back up and quickly assemble a tower, not really putting much thought into how she was building it. But if you look at the contestant with the green tiles over there, she's meticulously taking her time building the foundation of her structure that she's building. She's not rushing. She's very calm. She's just putting all the tiles for the base of the tower to then start constructing a 10-foot tower. So they both kind of went back and forth holding the lead. The blue tower would crumble time and time again, just frantically go back to building it. And so within the final 30 seconds, the blue tower was the tallest, and it looked like she was going to win. But in the final 30 seconds, it just crumbled, and there was no saving it. And the tower built with the green cards actually ended up winning. And it didn't matter that it wasn't the tallest. It mattered that it had a strong foundation that it was built on. And so today, we're just going to be kind of talking about foundations and our life foundations. And so I just want to ask, if you took a moment to examine your life and your foundation, what would you find? So maybe you would say, you're founded on Jesus, and, like, that's your core block. But maybe it's something that only looks like Jesus or just merely reflects Jesus. It's not actually him himself. And I think for us it's easy to neglect foundations because the foundation is the part of the structure that nobody actually sees. They don't actually see the time or the energy that goes into building the foundation of our lives. And so for some of us, maybe posting a picture of our open Bible on Instagram gives us a good dopamine hit in the moment, But it does little to build the foundation if we're only posting it for views and not actually reading the words that are on the page in front of us. Or maybe telling you tell somebody, hey, I'll be praying for you. And externally, that will communicate prayer or care. But if we're not actually like in our room, in our quiet time, just by ourselves, contending at the feet of Jesus, 
we're not doing much to actually build the foundation of our life. And if you guys don't really think foundations are all that important, we can just reflect back to the Ocean Gate Titan. I don't know if you guys remember that from earlier this summer. But Stockton Rush just quickly got to building this deep sea exploration of the Titanic. But he quickly neglected the foundations that actually made it safe, and it cost him and many others. And so how many of us are here today, and maybe we just need to take a moment to examine our foundation, just really sit and reflect on what are we finding our lives on? So are you founded on Christ or something that's just flashy, that kind of looks like him, or it looks just enough like him that I feel okay with it? Or maybe to my friends it looks like him, but when I'm by myself, I do nothing to reflect Christ. Or maybe we're building our life on success, either the success of our job or our finances or our kids. Or maybe you've built your life just on the promises of others and they've been broken and you just feel scarred by that. But Jesus speaks directly to this idea of foundations and what we're building our lives on. And so that's what we're going to kind of like dive into today to just see. And so if you want to turn to Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, that's where we're going to be reading today. And so where we're picking up, it's at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which if you don't know, that's the longest recorded sermon of Jesus in the New Testament. And so it's very long. I'm not going to tell you all the ins and outs of it. But if I were to just sum it up, it's Jesus telling us how to live a life that is dedicated, obedient, and pleasing to God, free from hypocrisy, that's full of love and grace, and full of wisdom and discernment. And so that's where we're picking up at the end of this in verse 24. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So as I took time to kind of just study this passage and study the scripture, I kept reading in the beginning, it says, whoever hears these words of mine, I don't know if your first thought is like mine, but I'm like, what words? Like, what is he talking about? What is he reflecting on? And so if you look at the verse 21, just right above that, Jesus is talking about true and false disciples. And so these verses are some of the most hard-hitting verses we could read in our Bible. They put a holy fear in myself, and I hope they put a holy fear in you. But in these verses, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And so if we're just to sit and reflect on that, just like Jesus is saying, the wise man hears my words, puts them into practice, is founded on the rock. He's also saying those who listen to me and are obedient to me are like that wise man. And so with these verses, Jesus is saying we can do all the flashy, all the big things. We can perform miracles, drive out demons, all those things. But if we're not actually founded on the rock, at the end of time, they have no substance to them. He'll tell us plainly, Depart from me, I never knew you. But to know him means to be founded on the rock, to be obedient to him and to his word. And so do we simply just hear his words and continue on, or do we hear his words and are moved by them and put them into practice? 
And so as Jesus continued on in verse 24, is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Um, there's two versions of this in the New Testament. It's also recorded in Luke. And in Luke 6, 48, it's phrased, they're like a man who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And so I don't know about you. I'm not big into construction. I don't think anything about me screams, she's a construction worker. So I don't really know much. I'm not knowledgeable on it. But I can understand the language of dug down deep. And I can understand that to build something, you have to put in work underground to actually build the structure up above. And so I was talking about this to a fellow friend, uh, Pastor John from the center. And he just kind of told me about how they build skyscrapers in New York. It was just kind of my fun fact for the day that I learned about. But he was saying out there, um, this is kind of like a drawing of it. It's like pure granite out in Manhattan. And so when they are building skyscrapers, um, if they're building a 100-story skyscraper, they have to build equally as far down, which means going down past the topsoil, past the subsoil, into the bedrock, and all the way down into the granite. And so even though I don't know a lot about construction, I can assume that's a pretty tedious task. It's not just an easy-peasy one-day thing. Like, they're putting in hard labor. They're putting in work. It can cost up to $4 million just to dig down that deep to put the piles in that they would then build the skyscraper on top of. And so there's some people, uh, manufacturers in New York and in Manhattan and building these skyscrapers that are like, mm, I'm just going to skip that. Like, I'm going to do what I need to do, like the bare minimum to get me the skyscraper. And they'll take the quick and easy route. But over time, you can just picture just by the wind blowing, these structures can start to lean inch by inch year after year. And so because they didn't put in the hard work in the beginning, they have to actually uproot the entire building to then go back to square one and do it correct from the start. So they're putting in twice the money, twice the energy, and twice the time. And I think we can correlate to that in our personal life with Jesus. If we don't do it right from the start, we're going to be that tower that starts to lean and just small things will start to take us over. We'll start to lean more and more. And at some point, we're going to have to uproot our entire structure and start from the beginning. And so it might sound harsh, but if the foundation isn't right, the building is pointless. And as I was just researching more and more on these skyscrapers and how they build them, one of the sites said, without a strong foundation, the building is always prone to collapse. And I think that's just so true for our spiritual lives. If the foundation isn't strong, we are always prone to collapse. And so taking the quick route will lead to more energy, more time, and more disappointment. But taking the path of obedience to Jesus' authority, it might take more work, it might take more dedication, but it also leads to more peace and a firm foundation on the rock. I think we can all say in scripture, Jesus never told us it would be easy to follow him. He's told us, pick up your cross. That's a heavy thing to carry. We're told to pick up our cross daily. It's not easy to follow him, but it is always so much more worth it because we will have that strong foundation on the rock. And so even if we look at story this year, just as a church um, as a whole up until this point in 2023, you guys have had nine baptisms this year of people going public for Jesus. That, yes, that is something to be celebrated. You guys have celebrated 14 first-time salvations within this church. That is incredible. I just, if somebody wants to give a woohoo, this is the time to do it. Um, and even just this year, something that was so incredible that Kyle and I just reflected on is you guys brought students to NTS camp for the first time this year. 
which is just incredible. And it's, there's so much celebration in that, but the celebration is so much deeper that we're setting a like, foundation that God matters in the lives of these students, just in their upbringing. And as they go through high school, through middle school, we're setting that foundation that Jesus is so critical to your life. And so you guys had kids at NTS who dedicated and rededicated their lives to Christ for the first time, students answering the call to ministry and so much more. But even with all this celebration of baptisms, salvations, and students going to camp for the first time, we can't just stop there. That's not where we just end the story. That's the celebration, but the foundation is what we're doing underneath, what we're cultivating in our lives. Just like we're cultivating, Jesus is important in the lives of students. We're also saying he's important in our lives, in our daily walk with him. And so the house is the celebration, but the foundation is what we're actually more like concerned with, what we're actually looking at. And so, just like I said before, if the foundation isn't right, the building is pointless. If we're not building everything we're doing here at Story Church, it's pointless. If we're not building it on Jesus, on the gospel, on grace, on his mercy, on him alone, all that we're doing is pointless. This whole morning would be pointless if we're not founded on God and seeking his name. Just like Dave said earlier, life can be crazy. It can be busy. Summer is a wild time. But when we come back here just to humble ourselves before his feet, to just worship, to just simply be here, that's what we're founded on. We're not here for the flashy, for the show, or anything like that. We're here just for him and him alone. And so there's this quote by J.C. Ryle that I want to read to you guys um, that just kind of sums all of this up in a way. And it says, there is a common worldly kind of Christianity in this day, which many have, and they think it, they have enough. A cheap Christianity which offends nobody and requires no sacrifice, which costs nothing and is worth nothing. And so if we just look at that, Christianity that requires no sacrifice isn't Christianity at all. Christianity requires sacrifice. It requires dedication. It requires obedience to him and to his word. Just like I said, like as we're talking at the end of time, I don't want to get to Jesus and have him say, your faith was worth nothing. I want him to say, your faith was worth everything. You woke up daily. You picked up your cross and you followed me. You were obedient to my calling. It's not easy, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I don't want to get to the end of time and hear him say, depart from me. I never knew you. I don't want to have a cheap Christianity that might impress my friends or impress people on social media, but have no substance behind it. I want a faith that is sold out for Jesus, seeking him in all that I do. And so something, just as we move through this scripture, something that I find interesting is that the storm is referenced in both sets of houses. It's not only mentioned in the house that's founded on the rock or only mentioned in the house that's founded on the sand, but it's mentioned in both, and it's phrased exactly the same, that the wind came, the rains rose, and they beat against the house. And so something that I think we need to realize is just because we build our house on the rock doesn't mean we have immunity to the storms of life. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house in both cases. And so being built on the rock in obedience to Jesus' word does not mean protection from troubles, but protection in troubles. But maybe you're sitting here today and you're wondering, how do I know where my foundation is being built? I would just say it's in the storms that your foundations are exposed. When 
a storm comes in your life or maybe you're going through a trial, maybe you've lost your job or maybe you're just struggling with your kids, maybe you're fighting an addiction, maybe just everything seems to be happening all at once, all at the same time in life and you just don't know what is happening or where to go from there. But it's in these storms that we can just see what are we founded on. And so maybe you're facing a trial and your first reaction is just anger. Maybe you start to question God and just say, how could you let this happen? How could you do this? I've been so faithful. You mean good for my life, but yeah, I'm fighting this or I'm going through this. And not to overstep, but that's the exposing of a house founded on sand. And I don't say this as a way to condemn or to call out, but I say it as someone who's lived through it and as someone who's gone through it. And so just to give you a peek into my personal life outside of here. Back in 2016, I went on my first mission trip to Honduras, and it was there that I just learned the Lord was calling me to missions and that this was going to be my life. Um, And so I came back home, and I was just so on fire for that. And I knew at the same time of being called to missions, I was also called to get a four-year degree at the time Grace Bible College, now Grace Christian University. And so I just kind of went through this four years of life of knowing after college I'm going to graduate, I'm going to go to Honduras for three months, be a full-time missionary. And people would ask, like, if you know you're going to be a missionary, like, why go to school? And I'm like, well, at the same time, I know the Lord has called me here. He has made it so evident. And so, like I said, I started that in 2016. And maybe some of you can see where this is going. I got a four-year degree, which would mean 2020 is when I graduated college. And so just to refresh your memory, there was something called COVID-19 going around. She was just making her name known in the world, across the globe. And I graduated college from my living room couch. Um, My senior year ended early. I got sent home. Everyone was in isolation, in quarantine. We physically could not leave our house. And I was sitting on the couch watching my college graduation, a slideshow across my screen, which is just so crazy to think about. And I just thought, where do I go from here? My trip to Honduras quickly got canceled when COVID just became what it was. And I didn't know what that would look like in my life. I didn't know when I could get out and go do missions. And so in this season of life, I started to truly just question God. I questioned everything about my faith. I questioned everything I knew about him. I was like, God, you call me to missions in 2016, but you're all knowing, you're all powerful. You knew four years from now, COVID would be happening. Like he wasn't surprised by that. I said, how could you let me get four years of college just to graduate into a pandemic, just to be stuck in my house? And I just questioned all of that. I just thought, does he really mean good for my life? Does he really mean the plans that he has for me? Was all of this just a hoax? Was I tricked? Is he pulling a fast one on me? Like what is happening? And so I would just sit in my room just crying, just so unsure of what the future held, just so unsure of what it looked like. And just reflecting on this stage of life, I've come to realize I was founded on the sand. I was not founded on the rock. I found more value in the calling of a missionary over the value and the calling of the gospel mission. I was just so concerned with being a missionary, being able to be that girl that had passports, like just stamps all in her passport, getting on a flight, living a life that not everybody can say yes to. I took pride in knowing not everyone can just hop on a flight, go to a different country for three months and come home and just continue on. And I started to just find more pride in that over just the actual calling of spreading the gospel. And so just recently in my life, I started out my residency with the Zero Collective as the missions resident of the Zero Collective. And it was 
2022 that I actually started that. So it was two years past the graduation. I was finally back in missions. And I was like, finally, like I've made it. Here we are. It was two years of just random jobs, being a ship shopper, doing all these random things. And I was like, I finally have made it. I'm finally doing missions. Here I am. And so I was doing that for a little bit. I had the opportunity to go to Guatemala three times and lead trips down there. And it was just so fun. But in December of 2022, the Lord started putting associate pastor on my heart. And just like for a week straight, I just had associate pastor on my heart. And I was like, what's that? That's never been on my mind before. Like I'm only called to be a missionary. I don't know what this is. And I would let the thought come. I would let the thought leave. But it was on my mind every day for a week straight. And so I just journaled in my journal. I was like, Lord, you've put associate pastor on my heart every day for a week. Don't know what that's about. But I'm just going to write it down, leave it, and forget about it. Um, but come March, Pastor Brad from New Life Church approached me, and he was like, hey, have you ever thought about anything besides missions? Like, I know you're just very sold out on missions, but, like, what's your thought? I was like, no, haven't really thought of anything else. And then I paused for a second. I was like, well, actually, associate pastor was on my heart for a while. Don't really know what it meant. Don't really know what it's about. But, like, that was on my heart. And he was like, hmm, interesting. I was like, well, why is that interesting? And he said, associate pastor and discipleship would be our next hire at New Life. I was like, okay, I know I love New Life, and I know I want to work at New Life, but that's, there's nothing about missions in that. And so it was just very confusing, but I knew something in my heart was just drawn to that role. And so I would just be talking to friends, like close friends, and be like, I really want to take this opportunity and move into this job, but I feel so silly leaving missions behind because I'm finally in it. I'm finally leading trips. I'm finally doing what I felt like I was called to do. And one of my close friends just asked me, she was like, Jess, are you more concerned with the calling or with where he's calling? And I was like, shoot, 2020 and that whole season is just coming back up into play because I am so concerned with the calling over where he's calling. And so it just took a season of humbling myself before the Lord to say, Lord, if you are calling me into this, I will faithfully follow you. I will be obedient to where you're calling. But just know that this is hard for me. It was hard to leave missions behind. It was hard to step into this role, even as excited as I was. So I just want to encourage you guys this morning, if he's calling you somewhere, just take that bold step. Take that step of faith. I know for myself, I am so thankful I said yes to that. I'm at New Life now. I've been in it for about four months, and it has just been so fun. And it's so evident that the Lord put this together, that it wasn't my own doing. It was just genuinely following his guidance. And so if he is calling you, I would just encourage you, take that step out in faith. Don't hold back by putting him in a box of where you think you should be. Just follow where he is calling. And so even though I went through that trial, that storm of life back in 2020, it's led me to where I am today. Without that season of questioning God, and just really coming to his feet and saying, like, what is happening? I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be here August 13th, yep, at Story Church preaching, just without following him. And so it's with the storms that our foundations are exposed. But it's also, it gives us the opportunity to reflect back on life and see where am I actually? Where was I to where I am now? And it's easy to give a correlation of if I was founded on sand, I can see am I founded on the rock now? Or am I in that same headspace? Of when I was on the sand. And so a house built on the rock can respond to a storm and say, Lord, I know you use all things for your good. Maybe you're teaching me something through this season. I trust you. 
a house built on the rock can view the storms of life as a means of grace, even when it doesn't feel like it. Because of that season that I went through, I can stand here today when I face a trial or face a storm and be like, it might not be pretty, it might not look great, it might be hard, but I can also reflect and say, Lord, I know you're using this for something greater that I cannot see in this moment. And so we can have confidence building our lives on the rock because we know him. We know he is good. We know he is faithful. And we know he is merciful. The storms are a blessing that give us the opportunity to evaluate our foundation. I think we can all stand here and agree the foolish man didn't purposely build his life on the sand. He built his life in, on the foundation of confidence, but it wasn't confidence in God. It was confidence in self. And I think that's the difference. When we build on the sand, we're building in ourselves. We're building that we know we can do it. I know I can see myself through this. I have the strength to get through. But building on the rock is humbly saying, I know I don't have the strength to get through life on my own. I know I need God to come alongside me in the storms to help me through because I can't do it by myself. And so it's just reflecting on this too. It's incredible to know that the grace he has given us when we build on the sand and our house inevitably crumbles because it's going to if we're founded on the sand, he's not up in heaven laughing at us saying, oh, you thought, you thought you were building a house that would stand. He's up in heaven and he just has grace to pour out, to come alongside us. I just use the analogy, we haven't only been given the tools to build one house. Grace means we've been given the tools to build unlimited houses when our houses on the sand fall. He comes alongside us and he's like, try again, build again, dig down deep, find yourself on the rock. And that's just such a perfect example of grace. We aren't a one and done scenario. We are a second chances through grace scenario. And so just switching gears, maybe you've encountered a lot of untrustworthy authority in your life, or maybe you've just built your life on promises and they've fallen through. So you're quick to just judge people or quick to question authority. For myself, I come from this weird mix of generation of like millennial and Gen Z, don't really know where I fit in it, but I think this generation is really quick to just judge authority. We just seek genuineness. We want authentic people. We don't want the flashy. We don't want the showy. We don't want the all words, no show. We want people who put action behind their words. And so maybe you have this mindset, and it's hard to not bring this to the feet of Jesus because you want him to prove himself worthy you want him to prove himself trustworthy or prove himself authentic. But we can't bring that to the feet of Jesus because when we know him, we know he has proven himself worthy of us to build our lives upon. We just have to look at the cross. The cross shows us that he is worthy for us to build our lives on. And so just like the houses, our identity is not found on the outside. It's found on the foundation that we find our lives on. The house is the celebration, but the storms are what reveal the foundation. And so we can build our lives on the authority of Jesus on the rock because we know where it's leading. Just like I said in verse 21, he talks about final judgment. And so Jesus has given us a glimpse of where this whole story is going, where our lives are going. We know that at the end of time, we'll stand before him and we'll either hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. And that's scary to think, but I think it's a reality we kind of just have to sit with more, knowing that it's well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. But because we know that's where the story's going, he's given us the opportunity to fill in the gaps here and now. He's given us the choice, do we follow him obediently, 
Or do we just go through this life willy-nilly? I'll follow you sometimes. I'll give you Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday is mine. I'm going to live it how I want. Or do we pick up our cross daily and follow him, follow where he's leading, follow him faithfully, following him even in the sacrifice and the suffering? And so I don't want you guys to underestimate what God could do in the long obedience in the same direction. I think for some of us, it's hard. We just get easily distracted or like if we're in the same spot for a long period of time, we just want to change things up. We're not good with just sitting in the here and now. But God can do so much in the long obedience in the same direction. Don't get distracted. Don't think there's something else better out there. If it's where he's leading you and it's where he has you, just stay there. Follow him through. And so we know, or something that I think when we hear the depart from us, I never knew you, it's easy to reflect and think, I can know him, but does he actually know me? Do I make myself available for him to know me? for my life to be sold out for him, for me to give my obedience to him. And he knows us through obedience, through submission to his word and to his lordship. And so I think we can all sit here and say, we know building a house on the rock is the wise and smart choice, but the reason we don't do it is because we don't know Jesus is trustworthy to build our lives upon because we haven't obeyed him for long enough to actually find out. And so it's just when we know him, we know he has proven himself worthy to build our lives on. We just have to look at the cross. So just as we close this morning, I just want to ask you, what are your long-term goals for your walk with Jesus, for your walk with him? Um, in the fall, just as a Zero Collective, we're launching into a series on discipleship and just community and what it looks like to be discipled in our lives, to have discipleship with Christ and so we believe that lives will be changed more and more when we take that step deeper. And so maybe for you, just diving into discipleship looks like taking one of the walk-long devotionals that we've had for this series. And now we're towards the end of it and summer's coming to an end, but it's not too late to grab one of those, to just use it as your time with him in the morning or at night. Or maybe you find a friend and you guys walk through it together. It's not too late to grab one of those. Or maybe it's getting a mentor in your life of someone who's gone before you there's a couple at New Life that I um, just reflect on. They've gone through some hard stuff, but they're also a couple that I can look at and say they are founded on the rock, and I can tell through their words, through their actions, just how they live life. I'm like, I want to know how they did that. What did they do in the storms of life? What advice can they give to me? And so having that mentor of someone who's gone before you can truly just pour into your life and help you through the storms that you face. Maybe it's taking the summer to pray about joining a small group this fall. Those will be launching um, later in the season, but maybe it's just taking time to pray about that, joining one. You guys have awesome groups here. If you do wanna join one, you can go to thestorygr.com slash groups and find all the groups that they have available. Or maybe it's even taking just this time to pray about leading a small group. Maybe that's the next step that you've just felt pressed on your heart and you know that's where God's leading, but maybe you're just too scared Maybe there's fear. Maybe you just, the first thought is, but my schedule is already so full. But just like I said before, if it's where he's leading, take that step of faith. There's this quote that's kind of cheesy, but it says where God, uh, where he, or I'm, now I can't even think about it, but it's like where he leads, he provides. And so where he's leading you, he will provide for you. If this is your next step, if you do want to lead a small group, David right here is your go-to guy that you would talk to. But I just encourage you, just take that step. 
there could be so many lives that you guys could just touch or change or disciple throughout that small yes. And so just like Kyle said in our announcement videos, the outdoor baptism service is in two weeks. Maybe your next step is going public for Jesus and getting baptized at that service. If you feel that nudge, I would just encourage you, go to thestorygr.com slash baptism and sign up. It is such an awesome step to just go public for your faith. Our faith is not something to keep private or keep to ourselves. It's something to go public for Jesus, to just claim him as your Lord. And so whatever it is, don't move past it. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Take time to just sit with it, pray about it. We're gonna go into a song here after I'm done. I'm just gonna pray us into that, but I just encourage you throughout this time, just sit with it. Ask the Lord, is this where you're leading me? What is my next step? So if you guys would bow your heads, we're just gonna pray now. So God, I just thank you so much for this morning, just for giving us a place to come and worship you freely, Lord. I thank you that the sun is shining outside just for the warm weather, Lord. And I just thank you that all of those who have come together to worship you, Lord. Lord, I don't know what everybody came in carrying today, Lord. I don't know if they are in the valley or on the mountaintop, but I just pray, Lord, wherever they are in life, Lord, that they would just dig deeper into you. Lord, that we would just take time to examine our foundation. If we're founded on the sand, Lord, I pray that we can just humbly come to your feet, Lord, and say, I'm sorry. I want to be founded on the rock. I want to dig deeper and I want to know you more. Lord, I pray those who are founded on the rock, Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you that you provide a foundation for us to find our lives upon. Thank you that you are trustworthy for us to find our lives upon. Lord, you are just so good to us, even when we don't deserve it. So we just say thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, for those in the room who maybe their heart is just pounding right now, they know there's a next step that you are calling them to. Lord, I pray that they just press in and say yes. Or that they could just leave the fear behind, the anxiety behind, just whatever is holding them back, Lord, that they would just let go and just fully surrender to you and say yes. So, Lord, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for how good you are to us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.